Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two, episode 21 of the Big at the Back podcast. We are going to be making this up as we go along because we're both rubbish at FPL. But Matt, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad. I am slowly thawing out because it is freezing outside today. Oh, cold. Um, yeah, but uh, I've got my little space heater on in the office keeping me warm. I've got you here, I've got FPL here, I've got the Wolves-Liverpool game on over there and you'll be delighted to know that Liverpool have just taken the lead. So, all in all, I- I'm surviving. How are you? I'm good, except I'm on a podcast with a massive nonce. So that's probably a positive compared to the rest of my time on FPL. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from there. Yeah, an absolute worldy from Harvey Elliott. I've just seen it now. Not a bad strike, was it? Get him in your FPL teams, everyone. I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, the way Liverpool are playing... Was gonna, I was going to say, yeah, you don't want any Liverpool players in. He's not the worst Liverpool option. Um, no, I do really want to have a rant about Liverpool. I need to get it off my chest. It will be really cathartic for me to just rant about them for five minutes straight. In that case, the floor right. is yours. No, but I want to start with the Manchester derby because that's where... That was the biggest game of the weekend, and that's where the talking points were. And we can talk about how it impacts the title race. Um, I guess the first thing to say is Man City were robbed. Let, let's get that out there. It was absolutely offside. There's no way they scored the second if they hadn't scored the first. Absolute robbery as Old Trafford. What did you think? Was it was there any chance that first goal was offside? Uh, I mean, everyone has said it. Rashford isn't interfering with play there, then no one is ever interfering with play ever. Mm. He was basically shadowing the ball onto Bruno Fernandes's feet uh, between Akanji and the ball. So like, it's definitely offside. Um, I mean, also, the keeper didn't know which way to go because he didn't know who was taking the shot there for what angle. So Yeah, exactly. It completely it's, puts him off. It's, it's, a, it's a joke. Um, but I mean, I don't think. That obviously sparked Man United into life. I don't think City played particularly well. Um, they Pep will be vindicated, I guess, for his substitutions. Foden off for Grealish, and within about five minutes, Grealish gets the opening goal. But uh, and a lovely little De Bruyne assist for for our FPL teams. But I think the main thing really was, um, like obviously they went on to win the game. That puts Man United right back in the title race. Um, if I mean, I, I guess, I mean, Pep says City aren't in the title race anymore, but he's obviously just saying that. Um, okay. So, Manu are definitely, I think, sort of now out third third favourites for the title. Um, so, it should be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, that's the obviously the biggest result of their season so far. Ten Hag has really turned things around now. So, and Rashford then getting the winner, good for all of our FPL teams. Yeah, I mean, not really, because so many people captain Rashford. Um, but all of us have Rashford, at least. I think this... I heard it on the Gary Neville podcast. We're so used to, in the last five years, with City and Liverpool, teams that win playing perfectly. One defeat in the whole season will cost you the title. That's not how things normally are. It's just the last five years, Liverpool and City have been that good. Normally... The title race is scrappy, it's dodgy, teams are fighting and clawing, there's losses, there's draws, there's drop points everywhere. I feel like we're back to that stage of the Premier League season. The era of perfection that City and Liverpool had for five years is gone, well and truly gone in Liverpool's case. Um, But that means it's a much more interesting title race because you could argue that 
all of the top four teams are in a title race now. Man United, Newcastle, Man City and Arsenal. Um, yeah, Pep knows he's just playing mind games on Arteta at the moment because Arsenal are going to have a period in the season where they slip up and we do still have 20 games to go. So there's a long way to go in the Premier League. Um, what's your perspective on Man U's chances of getting first top four and second Premier League? Top four, I think now they they should. I mean, they'd be odds on for top four now. Um, I still think it's going to take a big slip up from Arsenal really to allow Manu back in. But you you can see Arsenal like you can see the wheels falling off at some point for Arsenal. Um, City twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, City at the moment don't look their, at their best. They're dropping points since they've come back from the World Cup. They've lost to Brentford the game before the World Cup break. Um, they came back and they've drawn with Everton. Uh, it's obviously lost to United. So I don't think at the moment you can't put, like you can't say City are favourites for every game they go into. And if they went into a game against Arsenal at the moment, you'd probably say, dependent on the location, but you'd probably say like, oh, you'd probably be back in a draw maybe. Um, because I mean, Arsenal going into the North London derby on Sunday, you'd have thought that's like a game that's a potential banana skin and they absolutely just demolish Spurs. But yeah. I think, I mean, I think it was this weekend that Arsenal actually went title favourites with the bookies, um, which just goes to show how heavily favourited Man City have been, even when they've been sort of four or five points off the pace. But yeah, I think United are in there now and the football they're playing, they've got like a bit of swagger, a bit of confidence back. And like you say, it's, it is one of those seasons now where, like the seasons of old, results aren't going to always going to go the big team's way. Um, there's slip-ups to be had. No one with like City and Liverpool are going to be playing perfectly every week. So it's it's a much more exciting title race for me. Perfection is boring. Give me a load of rubbish players that are falling over. Um, like That's why Sunday League football is so fun. You just get hungover fat blokes running around the pitch and it's hilarious. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I think a messy size of race is way more fun. City and Liverpool, yeah, we've been treated to their quality of football over the past five years. But I think I don't get me wrong, I would love Arsenal to win the league this year. I would I think it would be great for the Premier League. It's great to see them toppling Man City. It's a great story with Arteta. I still don't think they will. And this is the cynic in me and seeing Arsenal for the last five years, five, 10, 15 years. I just don't think they'll pull through at the last moment. Now, Man City, we know, can get the job done. Um, sticking on United, though, for a moment, because they're, they're the first point I really want to talk about. Um, they looked very good at the back. I think... Casemiro has been an absolutely awesome signing for them. We knew he would be for a couple of seasons before he dies off on 600k a week or whatever. Um, but I think he's been absolutely game-changing for them. And it was a really clever move of Ten Hag to start threading this game to just shore up that midfield. And it meant that they looked defensively good throughout the game. City were dominant, I think. But I think Man U were were I don't want to say worth their win because they weren't, but it's good that they got something out of the game, the win being the bonus. Yeah, I think they they set up intelligently, like you say. Fred came into that starting eleven for Anthony, which gave them that more solidity in the middle, and he just basically shadowed Kevin De Bruyne for 
the yeah. entirety of the game and didn't let him have any space to get onto the ball and make the sort of four passes that he that he is so dangerous with. So that changed everything. Casemiro has been different different class and he's really turned this Man United. So basically, Casemiro in, Ronaldo out, like <laughs> over the course of the season, has completely changed this Man United side. They're more of a team now. Uh, they just feel better. Um, and they're only going to get better because well, you the big that. man... The big man's in. The big man's here, Tom. He's arrived. He's here. Praise be the FPL gods. If any of you don't know who Matt is talking about, he's actually discussing Anthony Martial. Wrong. Uh, big Vout Veghorst is back in FPL. The man, the myth, the legend. And he's on my team Vout. already. We love Vout Veghorst. He is back. Matt, we'll get to your FPL team soon. Um, as far as FPL goes, Man United-wise, obviously, Vekos, you must have him. Uh, midfield, Rashford, you must have him. Defence, I've got sure, I've got no intention of moving him on, especially with a potential double game week in 22. Um, and that's triple captain territory. It's potentially a double game week of Leeds at home and Crystal Palace at home. Two very tasty fixtures right now. Uh, are you going to be tripling up? Yeah, well, like like we said, um, I was already tripled up anyway with Shaw, Rashford and Martial. Um, so Martial, I think the experiment is over. He, picked, he came off at half-time in the Manchester derby as well. Yeah. So that just opens the door for my boy. And I've already made my transfer as soon as he became available. <laughs> Just had to do it. I couldn't stop myself. For listeners, Matt can confirm for you right now he has transferred out Martial and transferred in our laws, our saviour, the Vouts. Everyone's going to feel so stupid when he comes in and makes his debut and scores a hat-trick against Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, that is their next game, isn't it? Goodness me. Um, <laughs> well, it's not their next game because they've got Palace still to go this oh, game week. But obviously, that um, their first game, FPL-wise, the first game that really counts, because if it's not in FPL, it doesn't count. So if you weren't going to go to Veghorst because you were scared of rotation with Martial, hypothetically, um, but if that was the case, would you be looking to triple up elsewhere? And if so, where? I think um, the other real option at the moment, and he's coming back into his own, is Bruno. Um, obviously he's expensive but I think he would be the other one I'd be considering I, their fixtures get a bit better after Arsenal so you could double up defensively but I still don't think they're that solid enough for me to want to do that but yeah what would what would your third be? I'm not sure maybe it depends on the double in 22 um, if that goes ahead then maybe defensively uh, perhaps go Dalo or Wambasaka, depending on who's fit um, as a punt, as a cheap 4.5, and then be able to move him out afterwards. I don't like Bruno on the basis of, yeah, he gets in the right positions, but it's still, what, four FPL returns on the season so far? I, I just don't think he's... I don't think he's quite enough to justify the price tag, um, especially as their main attacking outlet is Marcus Rashford. Perhaps Anthony, if you know... That's what I was going to say as well, like... I could imagine. I would imagine that him dropping out that starting eleven for Fred obviously will only be a one-off type thing, and against the lesser opposition, he'll come back into that starting eleven. So 
and he's obviously a much cheaper second option. Mm. I think that is the way to go, though. If if they do double in 22, that's how we want to play it. Um, let's talk about Man City because there's something not right. I think Pep doesn't know what his team is, his best team is. He's dropping players and restarting players so consistently that no one's getting a run in the team apart from KDB. And I think Pep, he wants to keep his players rested, but he's doing it to the point where the team just doesn't look like a team a lot of the time. When they've got the ball, they look great, but they're not actually doing much with it in the same way they were at the start of the season because players are chopping and changing. Cancelo's gone from right wing to left back to right back. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. I thought they played well on the weekends, but the chopping and changing meant they just weren't compact or solid. I mean, the the big question doing the rounds, and it's a ridiculous question to say, is does Haaland make them worse as a team? Because they don't appear to be having that little bit of the sort of three, four pass combos, get to the byline, pull it back. And and that's the goal we've seen them score over and over again for the last five years. Um, and it just doesn't seem that they're getting into those spaces at the moment. I think there was a few instances on Saturday where there were balls, early balls on through to Haaland like when there's a potential counter-attack on and he's making a good run and they don't play the ball early enough, which I think is part of the problem. You've got to play to his strengths, which is he's quick. He wants to get in behind. He's always on the last man. So you've got to play him in. And um, they just don't seem to be doing that. And yeah, the, the constant rotation obviously doesn't help. Um, something's not quite clicking, is it? And I can't quite put my finger on it, but I mean, I'm still tripled up on City because I just don't really think you can afford not to. Well, yet I think actually you can afford not to be. Um, but with the double and another double to come, uh, I think that's why you still want to be going heavy on the City assets, at least for the time being. And then even after that double, there are two fixtures after that, and Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. I was about to say, it depends on which assets you're going with. If you went for Mares or Grealish on a punt, then I think you can definitely take them out now. Um, I'm on Cancelo, KDB and Haaland. So none of them are going anywhere for the foreseeable. Uh, if you look at the only one I'd really consider dropping out of those is KDB. But then who's your alternative? Mo Salah is unplayable. You can't have Mo Salah at the moment in FPL, as much as it breaks me to say. You can't go for Bruno because he's just so re- unremarkable on FPL at the moment. No one else in that price bracket really stands out. I mean... So- but absolutely not. No, Sterling? Not, again, this is kind of the point, right? There's no one in that price bracket. I wouldn't hate if someone after the double in 23, if they wanted to be a bit different, went KDB to Matoma and then moved a striker up to Kane. I wouldn't hate it. No, and I, I see nothing wrong with that. Uh, I did see Matoma actually had a price rise last night. He's now at a whopping... Five million. Oh, change of plans and ruined it. <laughs> Priced out. Okay, why don't you talk about how good Brighton are, and th- and then I just I just need to go on Liverpool. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let let's get the fun bit out of the way first. <laughs> let's hand the floor over to you. Just go ham on Liverpool because this is going to really entertain me. Just, it was the worst game of football I've ever seen us play. Look, let, let's contextualise this properly and before I absolutely go crazy. On the basis of they are completely injury-ridden at the moment. No, if we have Luis Diaz or Diego Iota or both, 
then our results over the past five or six weeks would be completely different. Like, we are missing some real star quality players. That being said, our midfield is just not good enough. We need a complete overhaul in midfield. Brighton just closed down and pressed and mercilessly surrounded and attacked our midfielders. And it was dreadful. Henderson, I love him. He's the only one that can maybe in that midfield say he tried. But he, again, he's not the player he was. He's over the hill. Fabinho... I don't know what's happened to him. He hasn't been good for all of 2022. He's dead weight as far as I'm concerned. He needs to go. He was, in 2021, the best central defensive midfielder in the league. Now, he's not even top 10. It's absolutely horrendous. And that third midfield spot, Thiago's been taking it, and people give Thiago credit so much. And I, I used to, but again, he just gets swarmed out of the ball. He can't cope under pressure. It's the Premier League. It's not La Liga. He can't coast like he did. And I think he has been really found out in the Premier League uh, in terms of his inability to be as nearly as good off the ball. I think our midfield is so weak now that it's laughable and every team can absolutely run through them. Defensively, we were horrendous as well. Uh, Canate is very good, but Joel Matip is a continuous weak point. Another player that's well over the hill. And the only... Canate and Trent can probably hold their heads up high after that Brighton game. Robertson had a really poor game. And Joel Matip, if you play against Liverpool, you target Fabinho and Matip and you win every time. And that's how every team can scores loads of goals against us. They overload Trent and they just target Joel Matip. It's ridiculous how frustrating they are to watch because they're not fun to watch going forward without Darwin Nunez, I'll tell you that much. And it's ridiculous how easily any team breaks, that, breaks them down. Um, going forward, Darwin Nunez, as much as you say stuff about his finishing and as much as he misses some big chances, he gives you something going forward. We had nothing going forward at all in that Brighton game. Absolutely nothing. We missed him terribly. But it's... I think that midfield needs a complete overhaul and I can't wait for FSG to sell. <sighs> the good news is Klopp's come mm-hmm. out and said that now is not the time to imp- like change and b- make new signings. So yeah. that midfield overhaul you're so uh, so ferociously begging for doesn't look like it's going to come anytime soon. Maybe but they'll bring that's... Curtis Jones in. <sighs> God get out <laughs> he, he says that every time every time before we sign a new signing he says that he said that right he said we weren't going to get anyone in january then the next day we signed cody gatko <laughs> right. the um maybe he's just like trying to put off chelsea from swooping in and offering 200 million pounds <laughs> we'll get to and that a 12 year contract <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute because that's a really interesting discussion but before we do Brighton, talk to, talk to me about how good they were because they were wonderful. And yeah. I think you and I ha- have a clip. Well, I think you've got a clip to play about uh, our bold and accurate prediction on Solly Marsh. This is why people listen to us because of insight like this. What I will say is Sully March's goal was an absolute beauty. Uh, a bit of a rocket mm. there, but that's his one goal for the season. Yeah, completely. So if you missed that... You've missed the boat, I'm afraid. And in 
since then he's scored well he scored four in his last four now including two against Liverpool uh, I think he's scored something like two or four in his previous 156 games. <laughs> um, so I don't think it was an outrageous prediction. But <laughs> insight and analysis from the big at the back podcast. Um, Brighton were really, really good, though. For I mean, Liverpool were easy to play against, but Brighton absolutely put us to the sword. Um, Solid March was great. Matoma caused chaos down that side and Trent was really struggling against him for a lot of the game um that being said I think Trent dealt with it really well if it had been any other right back then it would have been Ritoma would have got a lot more than just an assist my issue with Brighton is I don't know where to invest do I go for Matoma do I go for Sonny March Ferguson seems to be good up front Pascal Gross is still there as well Trossard is out of the picture now love that Brighton have just said, no, you're not playing. Um, but I, I don't know where to invest with Brighton. That's one thing holding me back at the moment. Yeah, I think the smart money's on Mitoma. He's consistent, um, has been basically since we've come back from the World Cup. He seems to be their most consistent and most impressive player. The ball at his feet, he his dribbling skill, taking men on is fantastic. So he's probably the smart money Um yeah, Ferguson looks great as well. He's probably a sort of more rogue outside choice, but quite a lot of people are bringing him in. I mean, Welbeck as well. How well did he take his goal on Saturday? That was a little thing of beauty there. But yeah, I don't know. And even defensively, like keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool, although you've been poor this season, you've been scoring in most games, um, but keeping a clean sheet there is quite impressive as well. Um, I don't think I'll be investing in the defence, but, you know, Lewis Dunk is always an FPL option. Um, it has been for years at this point, so... I don't know. I, th- I think Matoma's the one and I'll probably be looking to get him in soon because their fixtures are quite good coming up as well. Yeah, I guess my issue with Matoma is I've got a midfield five at the moment of uh, KDB, Rashford, Martinelli, Odegaard and Andreas. Yeah, I brought Odegaard in for Umbran this week already. That's done. He was having a price rise. I thought, no, I'm just going to get him in. Um, but I don't... Maybe I can find a way to drop Andreas and bring Matoma in. But that's the only way because I'm not dropping any of the others at the moment in current form so that's my one concern with it yeah there is like it feels like we've got a lot of fairly well-priced midfield options this year and so it's really hard to pick who you're going to get in there um like you said you've got the Arsenal guys (laughs) I mean people are talking about tripling up on the Arsenal midfielders um, which is a very viable option Mm, don't hate it at all especially with the double in 23 um, that's it and then like but I mean I just look at Brighton's fixtures Leicester Bournemouth Palace Fulham uh, Newcastle obviously a tricky one then West Ham and Leeds that is a very very good run of fixtures mm-hmm. there and like they potentially a lot of points to be had like deserby has gone playing beautiful football yeah completely and as much as Liverpool were very bad i don't think Brighton have been very solid defensively. So I think if you're going to go, you go midfield or you take a punt up front. But I don't think you necessarily go for them defensively, is my perspective on Brighton at the moment. Um, Famous last words. Well, Three clean sheets coming up for Brighton. Shall we talk about Chelsea then? Because you... <laughs> Let's talk about Chelsea in uh, what? how are they keeping in financial fair play? Now, I've done some research on this, so I, I, I think I understand it. So... I'm going to talk you through this and you can tell me at any point if I'm being an idiot, not at the very start, that's me. (laughs) 
damn it you beat me you were like you were in my mind then <laughs> i've known you for far too long and i know you far too well um so financial fair play works on a three-year basis in three-year cycles so you're going to be operating at a loss of no more than x amount after three years every three years now chelsea have had a lot of money coming into the club uh within this cycle so just for that Champions League in 2021, on its own, that was 120 million. In the last two windows, including this one, they spent 400 million. But a lot of their money has come in from the Premier League, from the Champions League, etc. Now, the reason they're getting all these players on such ridiculous contracts, seven, eight, eight years, is so they can spread the cost of that transfer and the wages over that seven and a half, eight years. So let's say, for argument's sake, they sign. Trippier on a 10-year contract at £100 million. That would count as £10 million a year for 10 years. Now, the way financial fair play goes is that means that they can separate those contracts over numerous cycles of financial fair play. So it will cost them X amount per year over numerous cycles. They won't actually be breaking financial fair play rules. Another point is in terms of registering players for the Champions League squad. Now, there's a rule that if you can only have 25 players registered for a Champions League squad and you can only register one new player after the 2nd of January of the new year, no moving that deadline, that's it. However, because all of their signings are, except for Jao Felix, or maybe including Jao Felix, are under 23, it means they can be on the B register, not the main register, because any players under the age of 23 can be in the B register. So all of them can actually qualify and play for Chelsea in the Champions League. In that sense, the business they've done is very clever off the pitch. And Todd Bowley is, don't get me wrong, he's overpaying ridiculously for an unknown winger from Ukraine. But is it any worse than Man U paying that, the same amount for Anthony? I would say probably not. Um, so that's just the Chelsea question and how they're operating at the moment. And that's the full summary. What what do you make of Chelsea's business at the moment? It's, it's simultaneously ridiculously idiotic and quite shrewd. Um, <laughs> and I mean that because, like you say, the reason for these long contracts, and it is... A lot of people don't know this about financial fair play is that you spread the cost of the transfer over the length of the contract. So, yes, it's a lot of money and it sounds like a lot of money, but that, that for financial fair play purposes, that is spread over the next eight and a half years, which is the most ridiculous contract length probably ever. I think it's the longest I know of. And obviously I know uh, there was um, um, Pardew yes. had his seven and a half year contract at Newcastle. Didn't Ica Casillas have a 10 year one at Real Madrid at one point or something? Potentially, yeah. So... Like that, that's important to note, but I mean, it it does feel like a kid playing football manager and just going, Oh, I want that one, I'm gonna buy him. Here's all this money. Um, it, it's a little bit outrageous. I think, funnily enough, Felix's debut, I think he actually played quite well, um, up until getting sent off. <laughs> so the thing is, an 11 million pound loan fee for 19 games and he's suspended for three of the first four is just. I mean, that's just peak Chelsea at the moment, isn't it? You couldn't make it up, could you? Um, I thought he was the best player in a pitch up until he got sent off. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You, it's brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm a big fan of Kepper at the moment. I've had him on FPL since the restart, and he's been doing well, 10 points from him this week. Yeah, no complaints there. It's about time they kept a clean sheet. 
Um, one sheet. minute, one minute, and he stopped Ben White coming on for eight points. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, it's all right, they'll probably keep a clean sheet next week. <laughs> Got Liverpool. I, I mean, probably, let's be honest, if Darwin's out still. Um, but I think on the pitch, there's a lot of problems. Yeah, they beat Palace, but Palace are the whipping boys at the moment. They're dreadful. So I I think Liverpool... Well, Palace must be bad because Kai Havertz scored against them. Oh, yikes. I think Liverpool versus Chelsea at the moment feels like the stoppable force versus the movable object. Like neither, yeah. neither of these, these teams are very good at the moment. It's... Um... It's back to me talking about Sunday League football, really, isn't it? Like, it's just, it's just going to be two lads swinging at each other after eight pints the night before. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a sight to behold, but I'm quite looking forward to it. Both teams will be desperate for a win. Uh, so it could be quite an interesting game, but also it could be a boring nil-nil. Could be. Um, I also think another team in the mud at the moment is Spurs. They were terrible against Arsenal. Terrible. Don't go near them. Not even Harry Kane. He was spent more time in his own six-yard box than the oppositions for this game. It was it was a bad game uh, for Kane and for for Spurs as a whole, uh, and obviously another tricky one next with City. Um, I still think that Kane is worth having, um, purely because I mean, look at how many goals he scored this season. Uh, that doesn't that's not a fluke. That's not an accident. They've got a few good games coming up. Yes, they've got City again uh, in a couple of weeks, but around that, Fulham, Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea in there, Wolves, Nottingham Forest. Like That's a decent run of fixtures, so uh, I don't see any reason that he won't be carrying on to score more goals in, in that run. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think there's anyone from Spurs, including Kane, that I've won. And I think I, I know it's early, uh, but they've got Man U next. I feel like clip this. I feel like I've dodged a bit of a bullet not getting Kane in on the minus eights. Ooh. I mean, I'd, Here we go. Love, Here we go. I'd that's next week's clip to play back. Yeah, I'd love Spurs to win against uh, Man U, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, another team worth talking about at the moment is another team that are probably not in the title race, but maybe Newcastle. Uh, I can't see it. I, like, it's, it's stupid to say because I think they're on the same points as Man United, aren't they? Yeah, um, they played one game. If I'm counting, all right, yeah, if, if I'm counting United in it, you probably have to count Newcastle in it as well. But they are still the outsiders, obviously. Um, I don't feel like they in the last couple of weeks they haven't been quite as good. Um, nil-nil draw with Leeds, scraped past uh, Fulham uh, at the weekend. Uh, thanks to a late goal. Good to see Isaac back. Good to see him get that goal as well. Uh, that could be another option potentially uh, if you're looking at them in FPL um, because obviously a lot of people have gone to Wilson uh, and Isaac. I don't know, like if he comes back into that starting 11, I think he offers them a lot more than Wilson does at the moment. Um, and they've got a couple of good fixtures coming up. Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth are the next three. So I feel like that's a good run to have him for if he's going to be starting. Well, I'm actually thinking if Darwin's not fit... I'm going minus four and going in Isak um, for that. Unfortunately, you're wrong because it should be fair cost. Except it will be fair cost. You're quite right. I apologise. But if I wasn't going for fair cost, then I'd be going for Isak. It'd be a good second option. Yeah, yeah I agree with okay, that. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Um, I, I guess Arsenal, it's a case of 
who who are you getting from Arsenal? I've had Martinelli from the Stars. I've now got Odegaard in. I've also got Ben White. So that's my three from Arsenal. I think tripling up on Arsenal is a really easy decision right now. I, I quite like the idea of going for all in midfielders because uh, Saka, Martinelli and Odegaard because they're the ones picking up all the points. But I just like having someone in their defence as well. Yeah, and I think they're like obviously kept a clean sheet against Spurs, so that's obviously a good sign. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason not to to go for someone. As you said, obviously you're a little bit stitched up with Aspilicueta blocking White from coming off your bench, but um, he's probably the one to go for in their defence. Um, some people have had Saliba throughout the season um, purely because he's got a great chant. Yeah, but. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking I've currently got Martinelli as well. Uh, I do want to get Erdegaard back in. I feel like I had him when he had a little good run at the start of the season and then he tailed off and now he's really peaked and I haven't got him. So I just feel like I need to get him back in and that could be like for someone like Almiron. Yeah, I just think Almiron's not quite hitting the heights he was pre-World Cup. So I still love Almiron, but I thought Odegaard was a much better option longer term as well. And especially with um, that double coming up in a couple of weeks' time as well. Exactly. In terms of FPL, then, what's your team looking like at the moment? Talk us through what the what the short to medium term plan is. Um, so at the moment, it is so my current eleven for next week, which obviously we've still got the the remainder of this week's fixtures to go, but. Mm that discounted um Kepper in goal uh, a back three of Shaw Trippier and Stones at the moment uh, we'll see what's happening with him and his injury a midfield four of Martinelli Rashford Kevin De Bruyne and Miguel Almiron who could very well make way for Erdegaard uh, and then a front three of Erling Haaland Harry Kane and Big Vout Veghorst <laughs> uh, which is my bench of Ward Andreas Mitchell and Cresswell it's it's difficult at the moment. Like, I feel like there's so many options, which is why there's quite a variance in points this year from from people. Like, I've been having a poor year compared to previous years. Um, it's hard for me to really put my finger on it, but I I don't know. It's just one of those where most of my transfers aren't really coming off, uh, and it doesn't help when I do things like take a minus eight last week. But you know, it's all for the fun in it. Um, but yeah, I think I'm fairly happy with where I'm sat at the moment. Um, I could well even like do something like take Shaw out of my starting 11 for this game week with, with Arsenal and bring in Aaron Creswell, uh, who with West Ham playing Everton. Uh, as bad as we've been, if he's ever going to keep a clean sheet, it's going to be against Everton. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fairly happy with the way things are. I'm looking at getting a second Arsenal midfielder in um, and Veghorst is staying in for the rest of the season unless he gets injured. I mean, Veghorst needs to be in for the rest of the season if you want to catch up on everyone. I think that's a given. He, he's my main man. I'm just going to stick the armband on him, set and forget. Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible if you do. Like, what a commitment to the Veghorst train. Um, <laughs> so I, for the next week, I just can't bring myself to have Kepper in goal against Liverpool. I just I just can't do it. So I've gone wars in goal um, at home to Brighton. You are going to regret that so <laughs> much. <laughs> My thing game, Brighton have just played really, really well. They can take a downturn now. Leicester needs to have a good game. <laughs> that, that Leicester side that haven't kept a clean sheet in their last four. 
I can't bring myself to have Keffer in goal. Yeah, but him. think about it. That's his silver it. lining. If Liverpool don't score, you can go, oh, at least Keffer kept a clean sheet. Whereas yeah. if you're just, oh, it's double the pain for you. I feel you're an idiot, I, mate. I No, I'm sorry. I I can't be there thinking, well, at least Keffer kept a clean sheet if Liverpool don't score. I, I just, if that's the scenario, I just want to be angry. So let me, <laughs> just let me have my anger. Like I lived through Roy Hodgson. I can do. I've done worse. Um, so I've got Wards and goal. Uh, back three of Cancelo, Trippier, and White. Uh, midfield of Martinelli, Rashford, KDB, and Odegaard. Front three of Mitro, Haaland, and Darwin Nunez. Um, Darwin is a big question mark. I, if he plays, I want him, and I'm really eager to give him an extended run in the team. Um, Sure is my first sub, though. To be honest, there's a lot of Man U and a lot of Arsenal players, and when they play each other, it's a bit like, eh. But these are all good players who could all pick up points, so I'm not too bothered by it. This is the way things have been in recent seasons with having City and Liverpool assets. Everyone's had three City and everyone's had three Liverpool. At at two times throughout the season, they're going to play each other. So for those weeks, you're just like, eh, whatever will be, will be. Uh, it's the other weeks that you're really looking to pick up their points, isn't it? Um, what I know you've still got Mitro at the moment. What are your thoughts on him? Obviously, the penalty miss on oh, Sunday was quite two hilarious. No, two penalties in a row, he's not put away. And the miss on Sunday sucked. It, it's just unlucky. Now, on another day, that's nine points for Mitro. And like that's 18 points he doesn't have versus what he should have on the season. I still think he's a top-class striker. I still think he's a premium asset. And I still think he's worthwhile. Now, Fulham's fixtures are tough, but Fulham have been excellent this year. And they should have drawn against Newcastle by really. Um, so I, I'm not worried about Mitrovic. I'm going to keep him through this tougher spell, knowing that he will come good over the 38 games. And we aren't even halfway through the season yet. Eight, most clubs have played 18 games, so there's still another 20 to go. There's a long, long way. Um, so even if you're doing as badly as Matt in FPL, it's worth noticing that anyone can still come back at this point. Yeah. Do you remember me last season? I was like top 10K at one point, And then I had about 10 or 11 terrible weeks in a row and shot down to behind you and only managed to pull it back close to you at the very end. So it can happen to anyone. You can have massive rises and massive falls. In this, a lot of things will come down to good chip strategy. Uh, you've still, like, I've still got everything left to play, um, all four left to go. So, uh, a lot of people have used triple captains this week. A lot of people triple captained Harland. I know some have done it with Rashford as well, but uh, yeah, a lot of people triple captained Harland with obviously nothing so far. This game still to go, anything can happen in that one, but there's no reason that, like, with a good few weeks, a good run of fit, like games three four weeks in a row you can be flying up those leaderboards if things start going your way and it does seem to be like a momentum thing uh, at the moment i'm in that downward rut where things just keep spiraling all it takes is one good week to turn things around a bit like football itself yeah absolutely what's your overall rank at the moment where are you sitting oh like 1.75 mil yeah i'm on 577 at the moment but i don't think i'm that far ahead of you in terms of actual points so one really big week puts you right back up to where I am, and it's very easy to have a big jump. Um, I was about top 100k before the World Cup, and now I'm back to 577. So keep the faith. Uh, 
the way I'm doing it is I'm just investing in good players and assuming they'll come good. I've gone for my team is comprised of basically the top teams in the Premier League right now, so I'm sure they will come good. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was your final total for? Well, I say final total. What's your total to date in this week? Because I'm currently on 48, but that includes uh, a minus eight, so 40, which is bang on average. Ah, uh, see, I'm on a minus. I'm on 47 minus four, so 43. Um, I've still got uh, Cancelo, KDB, Haaland, Rashford, and Shaw still to play. So. I'm hoping that KDB in particular can work as a differential for me this week. So no, not everyone went for him. Yeah, same same with me with KDB. Uh, I've got Shaw, probably not Stones um, by the looks of it. Um, Rashford, KDB, Martial, Kane and Haaland all still to play. So we've got a lot of players in the bank still. So that's one, two, three, four, potentially seven still to play again. Um, so there's, there's ground to be made there. Um, I just want to talk about, because I sort of glossed over him. Well, we didn't really mention him at all, really. Kieran Trippier is on course for a record-breaking FPL season for a defender. What a man. There's still a long way to go, though. Oh, um, yeah, there 100% is. But like you look at his last five returns. 7, 12, 8, 8, 9. Yeah, if you haven't got Trippier at this point, then you might as well give up on FPL. He's, he's been amazing this season. I think we both wild-carded him in. I think I was in 8 and you were in 7. Or something like that, but I've—he's not left my team at all. And they play Crystal Palace next. Like, you can't really get an easier fixture right now. Yeah, you can. The one after that, West Ham. <laughs> I mean, Wednesday they play Liverpool. That's when you want to go all. Two in weeks on. after that. The next four are Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Liverpool. Oh, I think I, maybe I brought Alvaro out at the wrong time. Like, maybe I did. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Well, you, that's why you can. Uh... I don't know. Get an Isaac instead. That could be one for you. Mitro to Isaac. I'm not even thinking Mitro. I'm thinking because I'd have to do it in a minus four. So I'm thinking perhaps Darwin to Isaac. Perhaps. Um, depends if if Darwin and Mitro both play this week, then I think I'll hold. And next week, though, I could very well look to move one of them onto Isaac. Um, if Darwin isn't playing, I may just press the button and take the minus four. And then go to Isak um, on the basis that I think Isak's a really, really good goal scorer. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think these next couple of weeks could be very interesting. Um, with the games left to go this week, next week's fixtures, we've got the FA Cup fourth round coming up as well, which will then, we've got sort of potential doubles coming out of the woodwork um, in the next couple of weeks. So it's, it's a lot to play for. Worth noting as well, if you're looking at long-term plannings, which would be very long time, you don't have to care about it yet, but assuming Manchester United and Newcastle both get to the Carabao Cup final, which they probably will, then game week 25 will be a blank for both Manchester United and Newcastle. Now, if you've got a team of Rashford, Shaw and Weghorst, and you've got Trippier, Pope and... Ormeron or something if you've got then just be aware that 25 will very well be a blank for these teams assuming they make the Carabao Cup final which I think is likely um yeah again this is long-term planning we're not even in game week 21 yet so you don't really have to worry about it now but it's something to keep in mind as we move forward yeah and obviously then your temptation is oh I've got to use my free hit 
But then you've still got to think about FA Cup semi-final weekend and the blanks that come then, um, which is when most people tend to, tend to use their free hit. So can you get away with like potentially playing just a bare 11 or even 10 maybe on that potential Carabao Cup final weekend? Um, these are the things. And again, this is when these ranks can really start to change when people haven't planned ahead and then they get hit by this and like they go, oh shit, I've got to use my free hit. And then they use their free hit get four or five weeks down the line and realise, oh, shit, now I've got no players again. It's almost like you're speaking from experience. No, I've never been one of those, thankfully. <laughs> but I know lots of people that have. <laughs> Liar. Um, I think I probably used my bench boost way too early last year. It obviously didn't work because it's a bench boost, which never works. Um, but I think in terms of the triple captaincy, is there an argument for using it for Rashford on 22 if they double with that two home games? I think there is hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think I, did do it. I, I think I'm I'm more on in the camp of doing it than not doing it. I didn't really want to do Haaland this week. Um, I didn't. I don't know. It just didn't feel very fun. Um, but I think Rashford triple captain two home games could be a really fun strategy. If if that double comes off, I am fairly confident that's what we're doing. Um, he scored in what seven in a row now? Is it? I think so. Mm-hmm. The man's in form, which is why I will be putting the triple captain armband on that fake horse. Excellent. Good man. Oh, please do that. I'll be so happy if you do. <laughs> I mean, I would be very tempted just for the bants. I would be so tempted. Imagine if yeah, you do I would look like a genius. <laughs> that, that would make me so, so happy. You can't, I can't even describe. Um, <laughs> on that note, I think it's time we wrap up. So, guys... Uh, we love recording for you guys. We appreciate all the support you do send us as well. You can come and abuse us on Twitter at the big at or at big at the back. I don't know where the you came from, but at <laughs> big at the back. Yeah, there's only one the. Um, you can follow me at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden92. Um, still plenty to play for this week. Um, so if you are having a shit time with it like me, there's always next week. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Tom, sound us off. Darwin, Darwin. <laughs> God, nobody that. needs that. <laughs> right, guys, we'll see you all next week. Thank you all for joining.